Hilchus Brachas, Mitzvah Achas, laws of blessings, one positive commandment. to bless the great and holy name of God, following eating. We'll explain this in the following chapters of Aleph. Mitzvah is a biblical positive commandment. to eat, uh, to bless God after eating food. Shenema, uh, the Pasuk says, you will eat, you'll be satisfied, you will bless Hashem your God. The word mazin means food. It's possible to actually translate it as satisfying food specifically. As the Pasuk says, you will eat, you'll be satisfied, then you'll bless Hashem. You're only biblically obligated to, to bless Hashem after eating if you're satisfied. Shenema, the Pasuk says, you will eat, you'll be satisfied, and then you'll bless. When we differ say from rabbinically, if you even ate an olive sized portion of food, Approximately the size of a fluid ounce. You must bless Hashem afterwards, even if you're not satisfied with one kezayis. Besides the obligation to thank Hashem after eating, even if unsatisfied, and we'll see what type of foods that applies to, uh, there's also an obligation to bless Hashem prior to eating. Only afterwards may you benefit from the food. Even if a person only desires to eat or drink, the tiniest amount, he may first, he must first bless Hashem, afterwards may he benefit from it. The bracha after eating, there's a, there's a minimum requirement to bless Hashem. The bracha prior to eating, there's no minimum requirement. Any amount warrants a bracha prior. If a person smelled a pleasant smell, a person must bless Hashem, and only afterwards benefit from that smell. If someone has a benefit, in, where he's required to make a bracha, like eating, drinking, or, or a nice smell, and he does not do so, he does not make a bracha, mal, he has, uh, 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 mal means he used incorrectly or misappropriated something which is not allowed to be as such. Uh, usually your term refers to misappropriating something, misusing something that belongs to the Beis Amigdash. So if a person uses something that belongs to the Beis Amigdash incorrectly, that's a prohibition of me'ila. Uh, if someone uses something from this world without blessing Hashem, it's a similar prohibition, similar uh, uh, infraction. The person must make him bless Hashem after any any eating or drinking. Provided that he has a minimum amount of a revius, which means a quarter. That's a quarter of a lug, which refers to um, 86 milliliters. Or in terms of if it's food that he eats, now rather than drinks, that it must be the size of an olive. If a person only tastes the food, uh, presumably the Ramah means he tastes it and swallows it. Uh, he's just tasting it, though. He's not, t- t- doesn't intend to eat it. He just tends to taste it to make sure it, it tastes good or, or, or whatever. If he's cooking, for example, no bracha is required. Neither before nor afterwards. Ad revius, less than it's the amount of revius. If it's a revius, then he does have to make a bracha, even though he's only tasting it, because once it's a revius, then we consider it significant despite the fact that he's only tasting it. Someone interpret the Rambam that tasting does not require a bracha, he, he's referring to a case where you don't swallow it. Um, but that's not the simple pshat l'chayra. Just like a person must bless Hashem for the benefit of all the types we described, eating, drinking, fragrance, a person also blesses Hashem for every mitzvah. And only afterwards does he do the mitzvah. There are also brachas which are of a different nature that are, are sages instituted to thank Hashem and to acknowledge Hashem as, and, 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 as, and as a way of asking Hashem to petition Hashem. The purpose of those brachas is to constantly remind us about Hashem. Even though a person did not benefit from this world by doing anything, 
nor did he do a mitzvah. But there's other kinds of brachas. We'll see. We'll see that are are neither of those natures are not for mitzvah. They're not for any benefit. They're a way of just acknowledging and constantly reminding us about the the, the existence of Hashem and His providence. Comes out there are three kinds of brachas. Brachas I know the brachas of benefit. Brachas mitzvah is the brachas prior to a mitzvah. Uvirchas and the brachas of acknowledging. Hashem. There's our matter of praise and acknowledgement and request of Hashem. In order to constantly remember Hashem and to fear Him, which is the purpose of the Book of Ava, all the mitzvahs which, which, are, which are meant to give us a regular dose of awareness of Hashem. The exact formula of all the blessings. Ezra and his best day instituted them. They created the formulas. Now, that it doesn't mean that necessarily there were no brachas prior to Ezra. And the Anshik Nesagdela, it just means that the specific nature were, was up to the individual and his ability to be eloquent in the bracha. Uh, again, Ezra saw, like by davening, that not everyone was able to have the appropriate eloquency and language and grammar, therefore he instituted a specific formula that everyone should follow uni- uniformly. The uh, it's not appropriate to change them, but the it's not appropriate to add or subtract to that formula of the bracha. Anybody who changes from that formula, from that, uh, so to speak, coin that they minted, figuratively speaking, is, is, is making a mistake. Uh, so the first Ramam starts off by saying it's not appropriate to change, and then he goes on to use a stronger language. It seems that when he says it's not appropriate to change, he means that you're changing slightly from the exact nusach, but you're keeping the same the, the same content. Um, so that's not appropriate, but it's not a as great as saying a toya. But when he says it later on that any toya, it sounds like he's saying a person does a, a, a more substantive change. That's that's more problematic. Even if you're yaitz, technically speaking, because you did the basic obligations, but still not still still more problematic because you're changing from the uniform. Uh, formula significantly you're deviating significantly any bracha does not include Hashem's name and the idea of his kingship like we say Hashem does not consider a bracha unless it was a bracha which was running to a different bracha in that case like for example in benching that the, some of the brachas don't have the mention of Hashem's uh, sovereignty but because it's right next to another bracha which does and it's coming in succession in a whole series of brachas in that case it's acceptable all the brachas may be recited in any language provided that it's similar to what the Chum established in Hebrew so it's just a translation of that however if you change the formula since the person mentioned Hashem's name his sovereignty and the, the nature, the content of the bracha, even if it's, even if he did so in an ordinary, ordinary mundane language that's not Hebrew, and certainly if he did in Hebrew, Yatsi still fulfills the obligation despite the fact that we said that it's not appropriate to change from, to deviate from Ezra's uh, formula. Halacha Zayin. All the blessings. You must audibly hear with your ears what your mouth enunciates. If your ears cannot hear it yet, so you still feel the allegation. Whether you verbalized it, but you were just saying it so quietly you couldn't hear. And here the Rambam says something unique. Whether you really recited it in your heart, in other words, you did it in thought without actually enunciating it. All the brachas. You should not separate, uh, make an inter- interruption between the bracha and the thing over which you are blessing. With any other unrelated topic. If you do make an interruption, you must make a second bracha. 
However, if you interrupt with something relevant to the, the matter at hand over which you're making the bracha, you do not need to make a second bracha. Ketzah, for example. You're going to, for example, pass the person makes a bracha on bread. Before he takes a bite, he says, bring salt, bring this food, give someone so to eat. Things all relevant to the meal. Tinu give food to the animal because the person may not eat before he has fed his animals. Gates or anything else which is relevant to nature. He does not need to make a second bracha, although you should not do so ideally. Similar to any such example. Tess. any blessing. A person who is impure may make that bracha. Whether it's a tumor which a person could theoretically. Uh, 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 Become become purified from that same day. For example, if he touched a dead animal, so he goes to the mikvah, and he's pure. He, he's pure that same day. Uh, nevertheless, he's not required to do so, even though he could do so. Or to which he cannot become purified from that same day. A person may not make a bracha when he's naked until he covers his nakedness. When this is applied, Ish with a male, Aval Isha, a female, Yeshevas with Fanatuk Svakarka, she may sit down with her with her uh her, her bottom uh surface of her, of her of her skin flush against the ground, Mavarechas, and in that case she may make the bracha, even if she's not wearing anything because there's no observable nakedness. Allah Yud, call our brachas colon all blessings. Alpha Bisha Varach Yasid Khivas, even if you made the bracha and you fulfilled the obligation. You may make the bracha a second time for somebody else who has not yet fulfilled the obligation in order to help them fulfill their obligation. With the exception being the bracha of benefit from this world, like bracha on food or a smell, which does not involve a mitzvah, like a bracha on an apple, for example. You may not make that bracha for somebody else uh, just to, for the sake of, make, of making the bracha for him. Unless you make the bracha, unless you have benefit with him. So if you're making, a, if you're making, eating a piece of the apple, or any other fruit, you may make a age for that person. However, a bracha. So, so however, if it comes to a bracha of a mitzvah, for example, um, if you, even though you already, for example, uh, um, uh, let's say you you uh, heard shayfer and you and you fulfilled the obligation, you may make the bracha l'shmerakal uh, shayfer for somebody else. Who did not yet hear the shayfer, and uh, uh, you may make, make the bracha for him because he did not yet fulfill his obligation. Since there's a concept of, of of responsibility, all Jews are responsible for each other. So, in the sense that you're doing the mitzvah by helping him do his part of the mitzvah of shayfer, which in, includes your obligation towards your fellow Jew, that allows you to make the bracha when he fulfills his mitzvah of shayfer, although you already heard it. Now. That does not apply, like we said, to brachas of benefit that are not mitzvah related. Avo, however, the bracha of benefit for a food that involves a mitzvah, like eating matzah on the night of Pesach, or make kiddush on Shabbos. Uh, matzah is biblical, kiddush is uh, rabbinical. Uh, in other words, eating matzah on Pesach is, is rabbinic, and making, uh, drinking wine is rabbinic, uh, although according to the Rambam, it might be biblical. In any event, the person may make the bracha for somebody else, and may eat and drink, and they may then eat and drink um, the matzah or the wine, even though the person making the bracha for them is not actually uh, partaking of the wine or of the matzah at that time. 
Whoever hears a bracha from beginning to end, if it's gavin it says and has the intention of fulfilling his obligation by hearing the bracha, yatsa, then he's fulfilled the obligation of making the bracha based on the principle of hearing and audibly cognitively processing what someone else says is like saying it. Even if he did not actually say amen. If someone answers Amen after the bracha, he's like he actually made the bracha. Not based on the principle of hearing is like saying it, but he actually did say it. Amen constitutes saying the bracha after you hear it. Provided that the person making the bracha is obligated in that bracha. To the same level, as we'll say now. If the person making the bracha was obligated rabbinically, but the person answering uh, Amen is only is obligated biblically. So, for example, if you have a child um, uh, who who um, or sorry, if you have, for example, a person who ate a kazayas of bread but he's not satisfied, he has a rabbinic obligation to bench, and you had a whole loaf of bread, so you're very satisfied. You have a biblical obligation to bench to bench. So therefore, the person making the benching has a rabbinic obligation. You have a biblical obligation. Then you cannot feel the obligation by hearing him bench, unless you answer, which this presumably means answer amen, or you hear it from somebody else who has a biblical obligation like you. Um, so if you answer amen to his benching, even though uh, you are only obligated, he's only obligated rabbinically, you're obligated biblically, that is considered like a valid benching. That's what the means when when he, uh, until you answer Amen. Others interpret the Ramam to actually mean Yana means you respond word for word after what he says. So therefore you're actually obviously benching. Um, okay. Several people get together to drink wine or eat bread. Uh, to something which is uh, usually done, commonly done in a formal gathering, rather than let's say, eating watermelon. Uh, in times of the Rambam, it was not done as a formal sit-down meal. But you know, wine, you sit down, you for a break, you just kind of have, to have like, a, have like a, a wine meal. It was a common thing that was done, like a wine tasting. More than, more than a tasting, it was actually like a way of friends getting together and sitting down to a meal of, meal of wine. So, one of them makes the bracha, they all answer, they're all out to eat and drink. The assumption being that in that kind of gathering, one person makes the bracha, his intention is to have everyone else answer amen, and their intention is presumably to answer amen to fulfill their obligation of the bracha. Not just to say the mitzvah, not just to do the mitzvah of answering amen, but to actually have that be their bracha. However, if they did not intend to eat together, it just happened. Each one happened to come by themselves. Although they eat from one piece of bread, ultimately, one loaf, in that event, everyone makes their own bracha. When does coming to eat together as one constitute a group that one person can make the bracha and everyone else answers amen? The assumption being that that is the obligation. The past v'yaimbovad only with wine or bread. Avol sharei achol mashkim other uh, foods or drinks. Ein and tzichan but do not require a premeditated idea to eat as a group. Eliyim berach echem mihem v'anu kol amen. However, if one of them made the bracha, they all answer amen. Hey lechem sheish and they all eat and drink. Although they did not intend to gather as a group, that's so. So what I said before is not correct. Wine and bread. Uh, uh, require them to be premeditated to sit together and to eat and drink. Other kinds of foods, 
it's uh, it's not necessary that that they be that they uh, 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 sit together as one intently. The fact is, they happen to be together in one area. One person makes the bracha. Automatically, that that if uh, the assumption is it's for everyone else, and then when everyone answers amen, that is their bracha. Anybody, when you ever hear a Jewish person making any blessing, although you do not hear the bracha from beginning to end completely, even though you're not, you're not obligated in that bracha, you have an obligation to answer amen. If the person making the bracha was an idolater, in which case we assume that he says Hashem's name with the intention of an idolatrous thought, or an apicurus, an apostate. So in which case we assume he also has a false god in mind. Uh, his idea of what Hashem is, so to speak, is is skewed. He has he believes that Hashem has parts or or or, or form or something like that, or a uh, a kusi, which means generally speaking, it refers to a non-Jew. Some versions of the Ram apparently refer to uh, uses to refer to a Samaritan, which was a. Uh, a group of Jews who converted in genuinely, and later on the Chum discovered that they never really gave up of a desire, therefore they're not considered valid converts. A Tinnikam Islamic or a child who's learning to the bracha just to, for study purposes, he's not actually using it to eat. Or was an adult, and he changed the nusach, the formula of the bracha. He deviated to the point that he's, he's not Yetzer. In that case, you did not respond to me. Whoever answers Amen, he should not answer Amen in the following manners. He should not answer as a um, a rushed Amen or a grabbed Amen, which means either that uh, you answer Amen before the other person for finish, finishes pronouncing the bracha. Like the Chazan says, but he finishes before he pronounces the Shlosmem, people are saying Amen. That's not correct. Another possibility is that the person substitutes a chat of patach for a kamatz in pronouncing the aleph. So that means that um, instead of saying amen, he says uh, amen. So you're supposed to uh, emphasize the second syllable, amen, rather than amen. Uh, amen shouldn't answer, excuse me, katufa. He shouldn't answer a cutoff amen, which either means that he he says it as two words like amen, or he does not pronounce the langanun. She says amay without saying amen. Veloy amen ktsara, nor a short amen, nor veloy arucha, nor prolonged amen, because these all distort the pronunciation of the word and its meaning. This an average length amen. The word amen means kel melech namon. Stands for aleph menum stands for kel melech namon. But the uh, Hashem is uh, a faithful king, and the, the ideas of amen, of course, being that you acknowledge and 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 uh, give your formal declaration of agreement to the content of the bracha. So it's like saying, "Yep, indeed, that's true." Uh, a person should not raise his voice louder than the person making the bracha. But a person who does not hear the bracha that he's obligated to set, to recite, he should not answer amen with other people, even though he knows that they heard the bracha, and they're answering amen because they heard him end the bracha, but he didn't hear the actual bracha, and therefore he should not answer amen. Whoever makes an unnecessary bracha, he's saying Hashem's name in vain. 
it's as if he's making an oath for no reason uh, in Hashem's name. It's forbidden to answer Amen after his bracha. Hatanaika's children, you may teach it with the full uh, full text, including Hashem's name. Even though they're making a bracha for no reason while they're studying, that's permitted for the purposes of teaching. You do not mention, answer Amen after their bracha because they're just saying it to learn the uh, the uh, the right terminology. So, for example, you ask the child, What bracha is an apple? and he says the full bracha just to make sure he knows it. Uh, you don't say you don't say amen. Of course, if he's actually eating an apple, then you would say amen. If someone does answer amen after those brachas, you do not fulfill your obligation. Whoever answers amen after his own bracha, that's uh, disgraceful or demeaning. However, if a person answers amen after a series of brachas. That's praiseworthy. For example, after Ben Yushlaim, which is the uh, series of the first several brachas, the biblical brachas of Berchas Amazon, of benching, the final bracha after, after that is rabbinic. Or after the final bracha of the Shema in the evening, um, after Gal Yisrael, excuse me, after Hashkivenu. Or at the end of any series of other brachas, there a person would say would say amen after his own brachas to mark the conclusion of the series of brachas. Why does the person answer amen after Seemingly, the final bracha of benching follows it, so it's not the end. Because the bracha of um, which is the final long bracha of Birch Samazin, was instituted long after the original ones. Uh, the original ones are their Isa, they were instituted, their they, biblical obligation from Har Sinai, and the exact Nusach was instituted by Moshe Rabbeinu Yeshua ben Nun, um, possibly all Davin Amalek Hashem Amalech, in terms of the actual progression, but the, but the, but the themes uh, uh, as they were divided may have been done over. Uh, a period of generations between Moshe and Davra Melech, but ultimately uh, the content is obligation not if Matayda, biblically. Um, however, the final bracha was instituted many years later in the times of the Mishnah. It's like an addition. And therefore you make the mark, Amen marks uh, however, the end of the primary obligation of the brachas of benching is he and the bracha of therefore after that you say Amen. Why don't you say Amen after the second bracha of the brachas for the Shema of Avaselam? Because it is the end of the primary brachas. Excuse me. Seemingly, it's the end of a series of bracha that precedes the Shema. Similarly, all the brachas that we make before something, the brachas, the two or three brachas you make before reading the Megillah or lying the Menorah, why don't you make a, 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 why don't you answer Amen after those a series of brachas? In order not to make an interruption between the bracha and the mitzvah over which you are making the bracha. For example, between the brachas and the actual lighting the Menorah, or reading the Megillah, or saying the Shema. Uh, but after the series of brachas that follow after terror, for example, according to the Ramam, you presumably should say Amen. Yudches, Amen Okay, okay, so why don't you answer Amen after the bracha following eating of fruit 
like al michya or al peris, and, and similarly other, other kinds of brachas. He bracha achas because that is just one bracha. You only make answer amen after the following bracha, the final bracha rather. which was preceded by other brachas. It's like a, like a series. Um, or, 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 or more than one bracha. For example, the brachas that the king makes when he reads from the Torah during Hakel, the gathering on Sukkot, the year after Shemitah. The brachas the king Godel makes, the series of brachas he makes when he reads from the Torah on Yom Kippur. The is similar like that, to inform us, to, to notify, to clarify, to announce that the series of brachas is, has been concluded. That's why Amin over there is appropriate. Lachid test. Kol echad over us. Whoever eats a forbidden food, beim is done whether it's deliberate, beim is or accidental. Aim of arach love. He does not make a bracha on it. Leiv dechilah. Leiv is safe. Neither before nor after. Of course, the example of making the bracha prior would not be relevant if it was an accident. Uh, but if it's deliberate, you don't make a bracha before or after. And if it was an accident, you realize afterwards you don't you don't make an after bracha. Ketzad, for example, some would say that the Rambam holds that if you ate the food because it was a life and death situation, you would make a bracha. It's not clear. Ketzad, what's an example? Not only food which is mamish treif, but just circumstantially it's problematic. For example, food which is uh, a tevel, that means my, truma was not separated, even, even if it's a rabbinic requirement to separate truma only, uh, because of the circumstance. Or you uh, uh, ate food, which is the first, uh, the first type of miser, from which you're supposed to separate a second kind of truma. Uh, besides the original truma, there's a kind of uh, truma's miser that's separated for the kayan, that was not done. So in, in in the case where Levi does not do that, that's considered forbidden food. You have you have Maiser uh, Sheni food, which is the second type of tithe, which must be eaten in Yerushalayim. If it's not eaten in Yerushalayim, has to be redeemed, or it's for, it's consecrated food which belongs to Beis Hamikdash, in which case you may not eat it. In both cases, they were not redeemed correctly. You use something which is not a legitimate substitute uh, to, to to redeem it, so like like for example uh, land rather than a movable property. In Revach, all those cases, you may not say bracha. The Ainsach Lemon need this to say, Yimachal and the Chayos if a person eats uh, meat that was that died, was not shechted, or it was shechted, but the animal was destined to die within 12 months. Um, so it's, that's called Trefa because it was sick or was injured, and in which case, even shechting it does not help. Or he drank wine, which used for uh, offering to an idol. Any similar example, a person in all these cases would not say a bracha before or after. However, Avol. Demai, a person eats demai. Demai is, uh, means demai. What is this? Demai means uh, produce which belong to an individual that we can't be certain. Although it's probable, it's not. It's it's a large. It's a very great uncertainty. There's a there's a very reasonable chance that this individual did not take trimmer from it. In which case, uh, the Chazal said, even though the majority of such people, um, that like this character is uh, this individual. Do separate truma, but since not since a large minority do not, we have to be concerned that it's actually has not been separated. So therefore, it's only allowed to be eaten by poor people. Formally, it's only only allowed to be eaten by poor people. Um, although it's not forbidden per se, it's 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 of a different nature. It's there's an obligation on the individual apparently to separate truma to make sure that it was separated. But uh, but the food itself is not forbidden apparently. or for example, you have the first meiser. That truma was taken, so that was taken care of. Um, uh, even though the, the original truma was not taken from it, provided that it was separated while it was still in its sheaves, in its uh, in, in the in you know uh, as it was it was, it was um, pieces of grain 
before they were winnowed. In other words, a person is supposed to winnow the wheat and then from that, take from the, from the kernels of grain, separate turma. After he separates turma, which is basically 2% of the total, he should separate 10% of the remaining amount, give that to the levy. The levy then takes his portion, separates one-tenth, and gives that to the client. So the client gets two times. He gets from the original owner 2% of the total. And when the owner takes 10% and then gives that to the levy, the levy takes one-tenth of his 10% uh, and gives that to the client. So basically it turns out the client gets a total of 3% of the total. He gets 2% from the original owner plus another 1%, meaning a tenth of a tenth, from the levy. Now, that's if you winnow the wheat like you're supposed to. If the wheat is still in its sheaves, so it hasn't been winnowed, it's still in like in stalks of wheat, there's no obligation to separate the original truma yet to give it to the client. So, although you're supposed to go in order, if you go out of order and you separate 10% of the total wheat crop, or this group of wheat, let's say, and give that to the levy, the levy then has an obligation to give truma to the kayan, meaning he gives the 10% to the kayan. Uh, so, uh, so although it was not done correctly, ultimately the, it, it, it's allowed to, it, the food is permitted because the, the levy gave 10% of his share to the kayan. Uh, he has no obligation to give more than 10% to, comp- to compensate for the owner not giving to the kayan because the wheat was not yet winnowed. Uh, or Meiser Shani, the second set of Meiser, which is meant to be Eat in Yerushalayim. If you can't eat, eat, bring it to Yerushalayim, then you have to redeem it and take the money to Yerushalayim and, and buy food and eat that food over there. But the original food, after being redeemed, may be eaten outside of Yerushalayim. The hektish, or food belonging to the Bishamikdash, she knew that was, that was that, that, in both those cases, whether it's Maishu Shani or Hektish, it was redeemed properly. But besides redeeming the value, you're supposed to add 25%. You did not do that. If you do make a bracha before and after, other situations where there's a problem with what you did, but the food itself is permitted, in all these examples, a bracha is said before and after.